The Bible says that my king is the king of the Jews. He's the, he's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He is the king of all the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. He's the king of lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is the sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's sincerely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him today? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the human horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be the all-sufficient Savior. I wonder, do you know him today? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young and he serves the unfortunate. He regards the age and he rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder today, do you know him? He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance and he's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway to righteousness and he's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him today? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Oh, I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invisible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. And you can't get him off of your hands. You can't live without him and you can't live with him. Well, you can't live without live him and you can't live without him. The Pharisee couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault with him, and Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. And that's my king. I'm glad today we serve a risen king today. I'm glad today that we serve a king who was there when we needed him, who was there before I knew I needed him. I was glad that I serve a king today that was in the beginning when he said, Let us make man in our image. Listen here, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He can't take you to your past anymore. He likes to try, but He can't take you there unless you allow your mind to go there. But don't do that. You remember what's said right here. Let's say it together. My past is past. My future is bright. 
God's promises are true and his word is sure. With God as my helper, I will be all he wants me to be. I will do all he wants me to do. I will receive all he wants me to receive. And I will give God the glory he deserves. Amen. Amen. We need to give God glory today. I believe today uh, the church people, the Christian, I would come alive more if they realized to give God glory. Did you give him glory when you opened your eyes this morning? Did you give him glory when you woke up and found yourself a brand new day? Did you give him glory today? I didn't realize that it was the Lord's day and you could come to the house today. Or did you just take it for granted and get ready to come? I mean, we need to give God glory in everything. As Brother Schuyler said, we're the very breath we breathe. We need to give him glory. Oh, Lord of mercy today. What a day, what a day. It's a great day to be a child of God today. And may I tell you, it's a great day to become a child of God today if you don't know him. As a matter of fact, as far as I know, this is the last day you have an opportunity to become a child of God today. Do you know that? How do I know that? Because we don't have a promise of tomorrow. We think that we've got plenty of time. We think that it's well, it's okay. Or we think, well, I will get good enough and I will come. Listen, you'll, you'll never get good enough. I, I'm going to, I'm all over the Share with you as I started last week about our vacation Bible school and, and, and how important that is. As I said last week, many, many churches today are declining today in, in, in attendance and number uh, simply for the fact that they have not invested in their children. And my friend, I want to tell you something. When you invest in your children, I'll listen here and you let them know how important they are in this church. Cammie, I appreciate that dance, sister. I appreciate that. And I want to know, you know, I need to see more of that. You're important here. And I appreciate the fact. And every child that's downstairs today and all the children are still here, you are important. I'm going to tell you something. Without our children, without them coming up into the church and realizing they are a part of the church and not just sit down and be quiet, you know, to realize they are a part of the church. And I want to tell you something. When you do that, you're going to invest in your children and your children are going to have a desire to come to church and they're going to realize that they have a part of that. Let me tell you, just I'm, you, I've had a gumball machine in my office for the last 20 years. You know why I have it, and I fill it every Sunday. It goes empty somehow every Sunday. But I feel that every Sunday. Do you know why? Because I want the children to know that it's good and it's okay that they can come in to the office of the pastor. And they can come in, and when they do, I'll ask them, is there a certain color you like? Because you can roll it back and forth and pick the color. Is there a color you Well, let's try to get it. I want to let them know that it's okay to come into the pastor's office, that the pastor is not someone that is unapproachable. I want to let them... 
And my friend, we need not overlook our children today. And I thank God here at Grace, we are not overlooking our children. I'm telling you what, I would put our children, our number there, uh, below 15 or below 18, if you will. I'd put them up against about any church in town. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, how What they know about the Bible, what they know about church, and what they do and here at Grace. Well, listen here, we're, we're speaking today. And encouraging you, and I hope that you've been praying about Vacation Bible School, and I hope that you've been asking children to come to Vacation Bible School, and if they need a ride to VBS, I want you to know that there are people that will get in our vans and will go pick them up that they may be here even if you can't. I hope you've been doing that uh, because the great crew that has been working uh, for well over six months for this week the crew that has been working for that. I want you to know, without those children, it won't be any value. Because we need to plant a seed in our children today. We need to tell them that Jesus loves them. There has always been children that we've bust here, and they don't feel that word love. Do you know that? Your parents here today, you have children and your, your family's there and you let them know you love them. But it's something to see that children hear that word love and about love and feel love. It's seemingly like for the first time. But that's exactly what God did for us. He created us in his image. And he wanted us to be like him. And so forth in that creation, and that's the very first night of our vacation Bible school. The very first night is the relationship began. And how God wanted to have a relationship with all of us, the world, the, you and I, and all from the very beginning. He wanted to have that kind of a relationship with us. And so much so that he created us, what? In his image. And he created a paradise. For Adam and Eve to be in. But guess what took place? They were there and they were tending in the paradise. But then Satan came and spoke to them in the third chapter of Genesis. And our second night is going to be about the relationship and how it was broken. Because they listened to Satan. And you know that's the same way today. People today, the relationship has been broken, but they're still listening to Satan. And they listen to Satan saying, Jesus don't love you. And yes, he does. Yes, he does. He loves us in spite of ourselves. He loves the ungodly. He loves the unlovable. He didn't pick out the good and say, I love them. He said to whosoever will, let them come. I'm excited today to thank God today to let you know that that relationship uh, that Jesus Christ wanted, uh, but man broke because he listened and disobeyed God. I'm excited to tell you today that way back 700 years even before uh, that Jesus was even born, listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. And therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Listen here. God always.
always had in his heart and in his mind. I want to have a relationship with you all. With all, He always wanted to have that relationship there today. And do you know that? He promised that relationship. So therefore we see that 700 years and then we even go down in, in 1 John 4, uh, uh, 1, 14. I'll read that one as well. Now listen here. And the word of God, which is Jesus Christ, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And in the beginning, and the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. We celebrate that on Christmas morning, do we not? The birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that God loved us enough that he saved, sent his son uh, to be the supreme sacrifice to restore that relationship. And through the birth of Christ, guess what? He told Adam and Eve way back in the garden, there's a tree, one tree, you can eat of everything. But in the midst of the garden, there's one tree the, uh, that you can't partake of, and that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told them they could do everything. They, he, what did he do? He created the opportunity for them to have a choice. He wanted them to have a choice to follow after him. Because he never wanted them to ever think that they were in bondage just like the children of Israel have the taskmasters over them. And I'm only doing this because this is my only thing that I'm allowed to do. He wanted them to have a choice. And guess what? A choice was offered. And they listened. They listened to the wise old serpent, the devil. I may tell you something. He is still cutting in his ways today. He is still trying to deceive today. But Jesus said, I want to give mankind that choice again. I want to give mankind that choice again. So it was always brought forth all the way through the Old Testament. And it was always brought forth that a lamb would come. It was always brought forth that a sacrifice was needed. As I just read to you, the prophet Isaiah spoke of that. And in that third day, as it we'll talk about, is the, the restoration was promised. And in that birth of Christ, the, resurrection, or the restoration there is promised as we see him and we learn of the life of Christ and we learn of him and then we also learn of the, what happens that when he went to the cross, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, when he died on the cross, he completed the way for our restoration to be fulfilled. He completed the way that you and I, that are spotted, that are blemished, that are unworthy, he completed the way that we could become and be made worthy. By what? The blood. The blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, he did that. And that's what we're going to share with them. On that fourth night, we're going to share with them how the re relationship can be restored. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for God. 
God's Son, and whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me take it a little further. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God's not out condemning anybody. People today in the way in their lifestyle saying, God's condemning me. No, He's not. He knows you have a sin nature in your life. He knows that that sin nature that's in your life is from the serpent, the devil. And he wants to give you a new nature. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to create you new again. That's why he sent his son to die on a cross. And listen to what we read, and this will be one of the verses that our children, your children... Uh, will hear uh, uh, when we co- when they come to us. Uh, uh, listen how important this is uh, for us here. And I, I want to get back and, and, and just look and see this verse here today. Uh, that he comes here and, and when he speaks to us there about how important it is. And when he said in God and he shall save people. Listen. And he shall save people from their sins. Do you hear that? The word says Jesus Christ came and, and he's telling us uh, that he shall save people. He told Joseph that. And when Joseph was concerned about maybe putting his wife away uh, privately there uh, because that she was uh, 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 with birth to give child, uh, uh, giving birth to a child, and an angel spoke and said, listen here, uh, there is one with her that is born of the Holy Ghost and he has come to save people from their sin. What sin do we have? What sin do we have? What sin do you have? You have the sin that Adam brought forth in his life. You have the sin because just like you have the gene of your father and your mother, you have the sin of Adam imparted into you and I today. So Jesus Christ came to be the sacrifice to save people you and I, from our sins. And how important is that today? How important is that for each and every one of us to know that Jesus gave his life to be my Savior, that he gave his life to be your Savior? Savior. Just what is the word Savior? My friend, it's one who Jesus saved me. Now listen here. We each and every one realize this. Listen, it's not about our lives. It's not about our good. It's not about what we accumulate. It's not about any of those things. It's that we need to realize that you and I, we all need a Savior. Why? What do we need to be saved from? Our sin because our sin has put a mark upon us, if you will. Our sin has brought us, made us be unclean. And there's no unclean going to enter into the gates of heaven. Our sin has made us be unclean. But Jesus Christ came to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the way we can do that is not church membership. The way that we can do that is not church attendance. The way that we can do that is not vacation Bible school. The way that we do that is simply asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life. The way that you do that is realizing that Holy Spirit as it speaks to you, realizing that, and asking God these words. Listen. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. My friend, I want to share just another verse with you here too. And then we're going to uh, come to a close. But I want to ask you this this morning. As a child of God, if you know Jesus as your Savior, would you say that you are a flashing billboard for Christ? In other words, that when they see you, I'm not saying that they see Jesus in you, but they see a difference in you. And when they see you and when they hear you, do they hear a different word of communication come forth from your mouth? When they watch your life, do they see a different kind of a lifestyle or a life living come from your life? Do they see that because if you are a child of God... God wants you to walk in that newness of life. Today, I ask you, are you that billboard for Christ? Or are you that deterrent that says, well, I know somebody. May I tell you something? I get that a lot. When people say, yeah, I go to church, but the church has got people there. You should hear what they do. And I, yeah, that's why you need to come and help us. Because guess what? We're working on it. We're working on it to make us better, right? We're here today and we've made a commitment that we're going to sharpen iron with our brother and sister in Christ. And we're going to make each other better because we're going to let them know that they can rely on us and we can rely on them. And we'll be their strength when they're weak. And we'll be their guidance when they're weary. And we'll be their support when they need to have someone to talk to. We're going to be there for them. mind and in one accord. Yes, the church isn't perfect because it has imperfect people in the church. But when God calls the church home, it will be a perfect church. A relationship started back in the garden. And when that relationship started back in the garden, God wanted to have a relationship with mankind. But he also wanted them to know this is something I want you to choose that you want to have. And there's going to be things in your life that you're going to have to decide, is this what I should do or not? So when he cast Satan down into the world, Satan spoke to Adam and Eve. Say if you want to be correct. Satan spoke, and they had a choice. People today, Satan is still speaking. Satan is still speaking. It's not so much that he wants you to deny the existence of God. 
He doesn't necessarily say that he wants you to hate God and Christian people, although there are some that do. He's wanting you to put off your decision for Christ just long enough that if he can get you to your final breath, he will have you in the depths of hell. So that relationship that Jesus Christ started in the garden, man made a choice to disobey God. And it went for a long time. And then a law was created. And a law was created to point them in the direction that the needing of a Savior. And God came and gave His life to supply the fulfillment of the law. And he done that on a cross by saying, as much as you live up to the, every standard of that law, you can't fulfill it. But I've come to do it for you. I have come to be what the law leads to. You see, he always wanted to have a relationship from the very beginning, even through the disobedience, even through the law that was given. God still wanted to have a relationship with his people. And then when the birth of the Christ child was born, that relationship began to take seed, to take hold. The earthly ministry of Christ began to be established. Some heard, some rejected. Some drew near, some despised. You know why? Because Jesus always wanted them to have a choice. He always wanted them to have a choice in what they did. And when he died on the cross, and guess what? He ascended back into heaven. That on that third and appointed morning when he arose, and then 40 days later he ascended to heaven. And guess what? He said, I'm coming back. Why? Second Corinthians, I want to read just a verse or so here, and we're going to come to a close. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Oh, things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all the things are of God. Now listen to this real close. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, restoring that which is broken, reconciled. Restoring that which was broken. So that we can be restored through Jesus Christ. And then he gives us a ministry to go tell somebody that they can be restored as well. That which is broken. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses. Listen here. Not remembering their trespasses, not judging them upon them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And you know what he closes with there as I close? And we are. Ambassador is one who goes and shares the good news or good will. We are an ambassador to share the good news of Christ that you can be reconciled. That relationship that was broke, that emptiness you have in your life that you feel so empty, that emptiness can be 
field and be made new. We need your help this next week, starting day after Father's Day, through that following week. We need your help. And what we need most, we need you to invite your children. But what we need most is prayer from you. We need prayer. We need prayer that you'll pray, Lord, send people, send children to me or remind me of children that I can invite, bring to vacation Bible school. Lord, let my heart be prepared for vacation Bible school. To be reconciled with you, to be made new. May I ask you today, are you here? And that describes...